What good is talent without the hard work? I go hard every day, I put the team first. Never waste a day, moving with a quick burst. Got a lot of energy, I got it going disperse. Praying to the Lord that I make it. Devil in my ear, I gotta shake it. I never get tired, never get complacent. Any record in the books, yeah, I gotta break it. Do it for my family, do it for the city. Do it for the Lord, cause he always with me. I've been down for the cause and it's evident. I'm going hard every day and it's excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Every day live excellent. Hello, everybody. My name is Kevin Camps, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Excellence Podcast. You can always follow me on Twitter at Kevin C underscore senior. That's K-E-V-I-N-C underscore S-R. And make sure you're following Team Excellence as well on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook at Team Excellence. Today's pod can be found on iTunes. And if you don't have access to iTunes, you can always listen on the website or listen on SoundCloud. And make sure you're subscribing to us and rate us five stars. You can always find excellent content as well and some nice apparel at excellence.com. That's X-C-L-N-C-E.com. This week I am joined by former Indianapolis Colt, University of Florida defensive lineman, and now new current pastor Tony McCoy. His son is currently at the University of Florida as well, TJ McCoy, and he and his dad have an awesome relationship. And Tony's going to talk a little bit about that today, as well as share his testimony of overcoming leukemia, how his family was strengthening him during that time, as well as how he came to Christ. This is another great episode that you do not want to miss. So take some time, sit back, listen, enjoy, and I hope you're blessed. On. I know sometimes it's, 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 you know, just being a leader, you know, in, in your ministry and just so many different things that go on a day-to-day basis. I totally understand. I just, I appreciate you taking out the time to do this for us. Well, it's my pleasure, man. Anything. Indeed. Anytime. So, so we can go ahead and get started. <clears throat> can you, can you talk a little bit about um, your transition coming out of the University of Florida um, your time at the Indi- in the NFL with the Colts, and you know, and then you transition um, from football to ministry. How was that transition for you? And what were some of the things that that you had to resolve in your mind and your heart to really make that transition like you have? Well, you know, I, I became a believer and a disciple of Christ uh, um, my senior year in college. Uh, that was a, a a a big turn for me. Uh, and it had many uh, promising uh, doors for me to open them. As I went from college to the NFL, God really blessed me. Fortunately enough, I was able to tag team up or to get connected uh, with uh, a guy by the name of Steve Grant. Uh, he was my accountability partner in the NFL, and also he had an awesome chaplain. He's been with the coach for like 25, 26 plus years, the longest longest standing chaplain at, at any NFL team and so that gave me a good foundation to my new faith uh, and while I was there I just began to just get into the word of the Lord of course God blessed me to be drafted uh, the fourth round by, by the coach and and I was able to uh, you know while I was there to cultivate my my uh, my understanding of, uh, understanding of the gospel and uh, also 
uh, my wife and I begin to teach Bible study in our in our basement. <laughs> so it, it's sort of like where we started. That transition for me uh, from college to the pros uh, was one stepping stone. And as I began to get into the Word, I really felt a tug on my heart to start teaching the Word. Uh, and that's when the Lord just really started opening doors for me and opportunities for me to uh, to be trained by good men. Uh, a police chaplain by the name of Alan Bacon uh, took me up underneath his arm and cultivated me. Also, uh, I got a lot of my formal training from the Church of God. Once I came out of the NFL from Pastor Rod Trusty, and uh, that was a little bit about my transition from college to NFL to ministry. Now, fast forwarding that to the day, you know, man, I'm, I'm blessed uh, I'm beyond measure to uh, be the lead pastor of Hope International Church. Uh, it's located in Groveland, Florida, uh, Lake County, Florida, Claremont, Florida area. Uh, just what I love about a church the most is, you know, it's a very diverse church. It looks like heaven. <laughs> You've got everything from uh, African-American, Caucasian, to Spanish, to uh, uh, Chinese, to Bahamian, uh, and we really, really are a diverse church, and, and our, our, our mission statement is save, encourage, and change, and uh, you know, I just love that part of it. A little bit different, you don't get to hit anybody, but you do get to beat up the devil. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So how long, how long is, um, have you been the lead pastor there? We have uh, been, I've been the lead pastor there going on 14 years, 14 years, and we actually started our church uh, at home uh, with five members. My wife and I, we're a non-denominational church, and my wife and I started it together uh, with three other members, our, our three kids, <laughs> Christina, TJ, and Isaiah, and uh um, and we had that our first service right around that time where you had those hurricanes coming through Florida, Hurricane G. We had like three of them back to back. And right. that was our first service right there in our home. And uh, I always tell people, I remember our oldest, my daughter, our daughter standing up and being sarcastic. She says, are there any visitors in the house? And it was just the five of us. <laughs> And then she said, there will be. So that was a uh, that was our first beginnings uh, of our church. And we just started inviting people over and uh, for Bible study. And, man, the, the way the enthusiasm that, that, that the Lord blessed me to have for his word, it seems to be very uh, infectious. So people just kept coming and coming and coming. And I would pray. I was like, Lord, if this is not you, please stop it. And every week, more and more people are coming. We went from our home uh, into our garage, and then we went into uh, using a school, uh, and then later we bought a storefront uh, area, uh, and then about five years, about four years ago, no, not even four, three years ago, uh, we just purchased 15 acres and, and built about, uh, you know, God be the glory, and, and, and also we built about uh, 16, 17,000 square foot uh, area that we're using for our worship center, but will later be our school because uh, we started a new school called Hope Academy. It's a Christian academy. And so with um, the small beginnings, um, have, have really grown and that started with your family 
can you talk a little bit about um, the strength of your family? Um, you know, you recently, you know, overcame cancer and, and was, was healed from that. Can you talk about the strength of your family? Even during adverse times, I thought about when you were talking about the hurricanes around the time you got started, um, you know, it just seemed like your purpose has just was birthed within the storm. Like when the storms were coming, when challenges come, that just, that, that God just ignited you even the more. And it just seems like your family was really strong for you during times of adversity. Can you talk about that a little bit and, you know, with your wife and your three children? Absolutely. Uh, thank you. Um, I came from a, a background where I did not know my father. Uh, so I, I've never seen him and I don't know who he is. And all I know is that he passed in his 50s. And uh, so that left an impression on me uh, as a child because a lot of things I had to face growing up, I faced alone uh, with a mother, a woman cultivating me. I think for me, when I met my wife some 26 years ago, my heart was always to, to be there for my family and also to instill um, um, the importance of, of leaving a legacy, both as a family and as individuals with, that make up that family. So we've always talked about being builders. And when you build that, you gotta, you gotta deal with the, uh, uh, the things as far as rain and sleet and snow and heat. And, and that, that brings character. So that was something that even throughout the course, even building our church, uh, building our children, that we really, really, really put an emphasis on, hey, you are builder. I'm building you as a father. Your mother's building you as, uh, as your mother. And we are looking to build for our oldest daughter, Christina, a woman of character and strength. Uh, for TJ and Isaiah, our two boys, men of character and strength and morality. And, and men that don't quit. Uh, and we built that around Jesus Christ and also built that around, um, you know, us being together as a family, that brief strand cord, family, that individual that makes up the family, and then Jesus Christ. Uh, those three strand cord uh, can't be easily broken. And um, the strength of our family, I mean, just talking about that is... You know, we, I know when I went through my bout with cancer, uh, I was diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, it was an opportunity for to see the strength of our family up close and personal. One of the things that I remember is that, you know, I was in the hospital for about two years uh, on and off. And uh, not one day did my family allow me to spend one day alone in that, that hospital. Uh, you know, it was... Uh, my wife, uh, my mother rotating uh, every other day uh, to make sure that every time I woke up that I had family that I saw, uh, either her or my, my mother or one of my children uh, was there every time I opened my eyes. And I believe emphatically without my faith and without my family um, that, I, that I would have had a very difficult time making it through that, trans that, that challenge in my life. So we have always instilled that family is very, very important, uh, you know, and, and as uh, um, um, one of our strongest goals 
is to leave a legacy. I, I, I never had a father to say, okay, this is what the McCoy name means. So we made, uh, you know, a conscious effort, and I did as a father, and then try to instill it in um, our children, along with my wife, that the McCoy name, when people hear it, is going to mean something. It means a hard worker. It means a builder. It means dependability. And uh, I think we're on a we're on a, a good, good road to to setting that legacy. Awesome. And so you you recently here your son TJ he was in an accident himself and and you know he had to to be hospitalized for a minute there and can you can you talk about that time and the strength of your family again having to come together and even um you know you have another child who had had to overcome some challenges can you just talk a little bit to that and you know when you get that type of news concerning your children um, how, what was your initial response and, and how did, how do you avoid fear? How, how would you avoid the fear or the, the uncertainty, uh, when that type of news comes across your, uh, comes across to you? Well, you know, again, we have to lead on the word, you know, the word of God. Uh, I think it's first Timothy, um, um, no, second Timothy one and seven is it is. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of one of power, of one of love, and one of sound mind. And that's what I really try to, you know, uh, you know, impress upon my children and, and even walk in that, hey, I have power. I have the love of God. I have a sound mind. So what makes a champion a champion is when they go through adversities, do they, do they realize that? even in this test, that you're still a powerful individual. And that love, love is an action word. So whatever you're facing, that you must, you must put action to the challenge that you're facing. And, and then lastly, you can't lose your mind. <laughs> and that's something I tell our kids all the time. Yeah. Can't lose your mind. Stay focused. Believe in your preparation period or season that you have. When the opportunity comes, it's going to happen. So, uh, you know, to your question about how do we handle that, when, when we heard that news about TJ, it was, you know, I guess it was, man, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, we got a call, and, um, you know, my wife was talking on the phone, and, and I heard, um, you know, her saying, you know, she got, uh, she was, he's buried, and he just asked some questions, and she said, Tony, baby, wake up, he's in the hospital. So immediately, we just got dressed, you know, and, and we prayed uh, on our way there, and we declared that, uh, you know, that, that, that he was his safety, his health. And not only that, but anything that was out of place, that God had the ability uh, and was more, more than able uh, to lessen that impact and to correct anything that was out of order. So we believed in that as we were driving. It must have been felt like six hours, though, I'm going to tell you the truth, uh, on the way to Gainesville. But we, we stood on that. One of the things that helped us was that uh, uh, Coach Davis did give us a call uh, and that was very comforting to us you know to hear him saying hey I'm here uh, with TJ he's fine uh, they are running a lot of tests just to be sure uh, but I will keep you updated and that brought us some comfort as well in the natural and the spiritual we were just declaring God's word but from the natural standpoint, it was very comforting to have a guy 
that is was new to the team uh, and and, and that, that cared enough about your son to get out of bed and and be there in person and not send the trainer, but just be there and say, I'm here. This is what's going on. No broken bones. This is going on. And he calls you back. He's still here. Everything else turned out well. And as we walk in there uh, to actually uh, greet us and then pray with us uh, with uh, over TJ. I mean, that was a phenomenal moment for me. I mean, for my family and I, my wife and I really, really appreciated that. And, you know, recently I had the opportunity to speak with Coach, Coach Davis and he, he, he um, you know, mentioned that time and just meeting you and how encouraged he was in that moment. Um, since since meeting Coach Davis, um, how can you speak to you your your relationship with him and and how it's how it's grown or you know how you guys you know have like faith and and you know maybe any conversations you guys may have had and and you know how you guys are building a relationship together. Well, you know, I, I really see Coach Davis as a uh, as a mentor towards TJ, and and and, and I know he's TJ's coach. But also see him as a mentor, somebody that who helps guide him and and show him the proper uh, way that he should carry himself on the football field. And him and I, our dynamics are are similar because he's a very vocal individual, a very high sprung individual, a person that uh, speaks with passion, uh, that gets in your face and yells at you to keep going as encouragement. But then also will slap you on the butt and tell you, good job, I love you. And and either way, whether you do good or bad, he's going to tell you, I love you, uh, but you had a bad day. I love you. Man, you did better today. So watching him coach, when you hear him out on the field, it's what TJ is accustomed to. And I think he fits TJ so much. Uh, you know, and, and as TJ told me, that he reminds me a lot of you. Just he jumps on you every day. is high, strong, push. Be the best you can be. Don't ever waste a day. Uh, from our family, uh, we believe in that Colossians. I think it's three twenty-one says, "Do all things uh, as heartily unto the Lord." And, and everything that we do, every snap, every uh, uh, every time that you step on that field, it's not just about you; it's about the team. And I think Coach Davis, uh, a lot of the things that I voiced voiced to TJ as a father. Uh, from the NFL and has been involved in his uh, athletic uh, uh, career, uh, he's voicing, and I think it's just going to make him a better athlete, a better person, uh, and he sees, and the same thing that, that I grew up with, here's this guy, and he's doing it every single day, telling me the same things my dad told me. Uh, so I appreciate that, and, and when I meet Coach Davis, he's always – shaking my hand saying, hey, he did it good. He's doing good. Hey, we need to work on this. We need to work on that. So uh, that type of relationship with a coach, uh, because your kids, they're older. They're grown, you know, legally grown. But they're still your kids. And it's, it's, it's been comforting for me as a father and for my wife as a mother uh, to see that relationship with uh, Coach Davis and TJ uh, materialize. And, and, of course, it makes – my relationship with them uh, that much more appreciative. And so, you know, a lot of times, um, 
you know, we don't get to see legacy. You know, that's not a that's not something you see very often. But when it happens, it's always a, I'm pretty sure it's always a cool thing as a father. Um, when your son made the decision to, to to transfer from NC State to come to UF, and you know, last year he was you know kind of behind on the depth chart, and then next thing you know, he's you know in Tiger Stadium, he's in the SEC championship, he's starting, he's playing in these big games at Florida State. What what did that mean to you for him to make that decision to come, considering the situation that was going on? And to come play for your for your former school and play in the same stadium that you played, played on the same field that you played on. What does that mean to you as a father? Well, again, I think for me, I'm blessed. I mean, again, uh, uh, because me seeing a man be a father to a, a son is all new to me from a different perspective. Now I'm a father to my my son, and to know what I know about my children, that they all aspire to go to University of Florida because their dad went there. And then to have that opportunity open for him to, uh, to for him to make that decision, first of all, hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm just going to transfer, uh, you know, and, and without uh, any scholarship offer from Florida or anyone else, simply because my father's sick. My father needs me home. Again, that was about family. Hey, Dad, you're not feeling well. Uh, I'm just going to take a chance. I'm going to come home. I need to be with you. No, TJ, stay where you are. Dad, you always say family first. So that type of decision that he made, and as a father, you never want to see your son miss out on their dreams uh, for any reason. So I was very happy when, uh, you know, month or so after that thing happened that he received a call and the opportunity to go to Florida and play in Florida. I think I had mixed, mixed emotions, at, you know, that first year because, you know, he was uh, red-shirted and then uh, the second year he didn't play as much. So it gave me an opportunity, if you would, to be a father to him again and to teach him how to be a builder because he wasn't playing, he was frustrated. Um, he, he knew he had the ability as, as I knew he had the ability and I would always you know, speak to him and that, that you're the best in the country uh, I know that, you know that other people don't know that yet so you have to keep building, keep preparing and um, some of the things that we used to do is even though he wasn't starting we were prepared, he said Dad, teach me how to prepare the way they prepared in the league so we would prepare just like he was starting and every week I would drive up and watch film with them and say, okay, watch this guy's technique, see what he does here. And uh, we did that for maybe about uh, five or six games, uh, a Tennessee game, all these things came happening. And I remember one night TJ said, you know what, Dad, you're right. I I'm getting it. I'm learning it. I meant and next year, I'm going to be so good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come in training camp, and I'm going to take it. And I said to him, son, next year, what are you talking about next year? You don't know what the Lord has for you this year. The Lord might open a door this year. you got to be ready to step in it. And lo and behold, uh, you know, the next game, uh, you had an accident happen with the, uh, the, the first two guys. And boom, he's thrust in there. And when he got in, oh, God is my witness. My, I knew 
that God had blessed him uh, with the door to open. And because he had already prepared and because he was a builder in the dark times, he was able to stand up uh, in the light right there. And it was just, you couldn't have wrote the script any better. Right there in the swamp, you know, on the very day that his father in his 1991 team is being honored, he gets the opportunity uh, to shine. Uh, and wow, he did awesome. that. I mean, you, you couldn't, I mean, it, some people call it a coincidence, I call it God. That's awesome. You can't write a better story than that. I mean, that is awesome to see all the hard work that you put in, all the work that he's put in, and then in a, in a snap of a finger, in a moment, it all comes together, and it's right before your eyes. And, um, you know, I kind of want to ask you a little bit about, about you know, your time at UF. You spoke earlier that your senior year, you, you, um, you know, you gave your life to the Lord. Can you talk about um, those first three years of your time at UF or the first couple of years of your time at UF and then you know what what prompted you to make that decision to say you know what I need to I need to surrender my life can you, can you just kind of explain some of that experience yeah sure absolutely well my, my first three years there uh, were, were good years for me athletically I mean I came out of high school uh, you know I, I, I did not get registered made the traveling squad played sparingly uh, and then the second year played even more, third year began, became a starter and, and did very well on, on the football field. Uh, made some bad choices that uh, really caused me to, uh, uh, to reevaluate my life uh, and really see that all of the stuff that I was doing on the field uh, was not fulfilling and it was not bringing me uh, satisfaction that some kind of way I, with all the, the fans that I had and all the popularity that I had, that I was still a very empty, uh, lonely individual. And uh, that was the time that uh, I really just gave my life to the Lord and asked the Lord to come in and, and uh, to, uh, to uh, be my guide and, and, and to be my source. Uh, that was a big part of me, uh, my transition. Uh, you know, I, I've always liked to thank God for Coach Spurrier because he actually <clears throat> gave me an opportunity uh, to come back to uh, Florida uh, after I got in some trouble and, and, and whatnot. He actually gave me the chance to come back uh, and be uh, a part of the team. He actually uh, uh, looked at some of the things that were being said and said, hey, that's not this guy. This is not that guy. And really, he was the guy at the time that really believed in me and said, no, this was found to be untrue, a lie. This guy needs to come back and, uh, and be a part of this team and have opportunity uh, to graduate from the University of Florida. Uh, in the process, uh, he told me this in his office that if you have a, uh, can get these grades and, and make sure you do well in class, then you'll have a year to play football left on your scholarship. So I think that that, that trouble, and nobody likes trouble, but that, that trouble that I got in actually gave me an opportunity to reflect on my life, to make the decision that I, I made 
uh, to follow Christ. And also, it made me a better father, a better husband, a better son, a better person. Uh, and it made me into the pastor that I, I am today. Uh, ironically, as I sat in that uh, office with Coach Mack, as TJ was coming in uh, to Florida as he was interviewing TJ, it reminded me of when I sat in the office with Coach Furrier. And Coach Furrier was on the brink of rebuilding Florida. And I think Coach Mack has been called in, has been doing a, a really good job of rebuilding Florida. And again, you just cannot write it better. Uh, here's Coach Furrier coming in as a new coach, saying that I, I'm going to use McCoy to help me build a championship team. And then now my son uh, transfers to Florida, and you have a new coach uh, that same year that has been given the task to rebuild and take us to those more days. I think uh, God, uh, you know, one, that Coach Max extended that scholarship to TJ, uh, and that TJ is, has an opportunity uh, to build that championship legacy once again at Florida. Man, that's awesome. This that that really brings joy to my heart, and just to know that things come full circle, and you know the opportunity, like you said, for you in infant stages of Coach Furrier's tenure to help um, put Florida in a place where they can win titles and championships, and now your son is is in that same position in the infant stages of what um, Coach McElwain's trying to do at UF and win rings and win titles and. And hopefully that's the case moving forward. Um, and I just want to give you an opportunity here. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're a pastor and, you know, you're preaching all the time, sharing and teaching all the time. And, and I'm pretty sure you've always got something, you know, burning in your belly. And, um, you know, I just want to give you an opportunity here for those that will be listening, um, just to share any words of encouragement, words of motivation, um, something that, that, that someone could take and, and just ignite them to pursue their dreams um, and fulfill purpose for their own for their own lives. So I just want to give you a couple minutes just to share what's on your heart. Oh, wow. Thank you. Man, you opened up a door there now. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I really do. But let me let me start by telling you this, man. I really appreciate you, you calling me and, and giving me the opportunity to share with you uh, some things about uh, my family, you know, been married to my wife for some 27 plus years. We have, we have three beautiful children, Christina, TJ, and Isaiah. And, you know, through the course of life, God has uh, given us the ability to, to hold on to him uh, and the opportunity to hold on to each other and to see each other grow in him and to see our family grow as a family unit. Uh, right now, we're empty nesters. That means all three of our kids are out, and we found out that even when they're... Oh, I long for the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amen. But when we found out at least, it, it doesn't end. It just it's, it goes to another level of parenting. So we, we really love that. So I just wanted to tell you thank you for that. You're um, welcome. Very welcome. If I would have the opportunity to encourage people that are, are listening to this broadcast... I would take the opportunity to talk about Christ. I would talk about encouraging them uh, to be real with themselves. I believe that years ago at the University of Florida, when I first came in, 
coming from Evans High School, uh, playing well, uh, starting, being on traveling teams and, and whatnot, I believe that uh, I did accomplish some things and as a cover to uh, compensate for what I was really dealing with internally. And that was the fear, the fear of being inadequate, the fear of not, uh, you know, not having a father to guide me, uh, uh, the fear of, of being found out that I needed something greater than making a tackle or having a nice girl on my arm. And like I said before, uh, we're teaching a series at, at Hope International Church, man, like I said, this entire month, and it's entitled Fear Not. And, and I just want to let everybody know that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Um, anything that comes from the side of fear uh, is from the enemy. And fear is false evidence appearing real. So the enemy wants to hold our power back with fear. The enemy wants to hold our love back with fear. And the enemy wants to distort our minds with fear. And once you make that first step towards Jesus Christ, once you are honest with him and say, hey, you know what? I need something bigger than me. I need something bigger than a denomination or I need something bigger than uh, a particular race. I need the creator God to be a part of my life and not only a part of my life, but to reside in me and to lead me uh, in a way that will glorify heaven and leave a, leave a legacy and that's what a legacy is bringing his kingdom here on earth and leave a legacy on earth and i just want to tell the people that if i can make that step towards him uh and 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 break that fear chain then so can you and the lord is is, is there waiting with open arms and, and greatness greatness not greatness awaits you uh in a relationship with christ Awesome. That's beautiful words, Pastor. And, um, you know, I thank you for your kind words and to me. And I really take that to heart. And, I'm, and my prayer is that those that, that really hear the words that you're sharing and you just shared right there, that they would really take it to heart and, um, you know, consider the ways you could say. And, and if you if I could just take a minute to encourage you as you were talking today, sharing your heart and your, and your testimony. Um, I thought about First Corinthians chapter four. Um, in verse 15 and 16, he said, For though we, for though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you be followers of me. And, um, and I, when I hear you talk about your testimony growing up without a father, and, you know, you taking the role as a father now to your, to your children, as a husband to your wife, my prayer for you is that you'll continue to find um, increase of souls for your ministry, um, that lives and people will be touched. Um, it seems like you, you have this global thing about you when you spoke to the diversity of your house. And, and I just want to encourage you just to continue to, to fight the good fight of faith and that, that the words that you speak, my prayer is that they would be seasoned with salt. They wouldn't fall to the ground, but they would truly, you know, bring, come to pass. And um, I just pray blessings over you, your protection over you, your son, as he embarks on another uh, football season, that he wouldn't find injury, that um, he'll continue to be safe and healthy throughout the season, and, and that whatever you have need of, 
Um, as you as you ask the Lord, he said in John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. So I just want to encourage you with that, Pastor, and, um, you know, our prayers are definitely with you. Amen. Amen. Glory. I receive it. Thank you so much. I really do. Thank you for listening to another awesome episode of the Excellence Podcast. And thank you to Pastor Tony McCoy for joining us today. It was an awesome time. I was really blessed, really encouraged by the words that he shared, his testimony. And I hope you were as well. You can always, always, always check us out on iTunes, follow us on Twitter, and stay up to date with what's going on with the Excellence family. We look forward to bringing you more great content and more excellent stories that you might be encouraged, that you might be blessed. Have a beautiful day. God bless.